0: Hello and welcome. This is Twenty-One. Episode 15.2, God Comes Down. Welcome back to Twenty-One, everybody. I hope everyone had a great week last week, and it's good to be back. I apologize that I had to take a week off after a few month hiatus, but sadly that's just how life goes sometimes. But last time, we introduced the 15th wonder on our list, the Great Ziggurat of Ur. Constructed in southern Mesopotamia at the ancient city of Ur, the Ziggurat performed a different purpose than most other religious buildings around the ancient world. While those religious buildings were designed to get men up to the gods, the great ziggurat of Ur was designed to get the gods to come down to the city. This way, they could see what the people were doing, and either bless them or protect them, whatever the people of Ur needed. An elaborate shrine was built on top of the ziggurat, where people would leave gifts and sacrifices, whatever their god needed. However, As I was researching this wonder, I kept coming across something which seemed so out of place. Another famous building in Mesopotamia, constructed during the ancient times. The Tower of Babel. As I mentioned last time, the Tower of Babel is quite possibly what inspired the Great Ziggurat of Ur. Now, I normally try to avoid rabbit holes on this show. They usually don't offer anything to the discussion. But as I studied the Great Ziggurat of Ur, and mentions of the Tower of Babel continue to pop up, I decided, we'll jump down this rabbit hole for an episode. This proved to be a good choice. It was a fascinating topic to read about, and compare the Great Ziggurat of Ur, and how it might have been inspired by the Tower of Babel. Now there's a lot that we can think about and need to understand, before we really can know why the Tower of Babel is even mentioned in the same breath as the Great Cigarette of Ur. I could easily spend way too much time down here, but I need to limit this to one episode, so I will mostly just give the highlights from my research. At the end, I'll comment on another place you can go if you find this interesting, and you want more information. Sounds good? Alrighty, down the rabbit hole we go. Now before we get any further into it, I want to read the story of the Tower of Babel from the Bible. It's found in Genesis chapter 11 verses 1 through 9. It's not that long, so I will read the whole thing, just so we have all the details necessary. The story goes like this. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved from the east, they found a plain in Shinar that's what the Hebrews called Sumer, or southeastern Mesopotamia, and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone, and tar for mortar. They said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language, so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. The Tower of Babel is traditionally believed to be a myth created by later Jewish authors of the Bible as an attack on the people of the city of Babylon. Babylon conquered the Jewish nation during the 7th century BC under King Nebuchadnezzar. Historians and scholars believe that the Tower of Babel, if it ever existed, was the temple to the Babylonian god Marduk. But there are other scholars and historians who believe that the Tower of Babel existed well before the city of Babylon did, and that the use of the word Babel is not a direct attack on Babylon, but merely the Hebrew word which means to confuse. There is evidence, both textual and archeological, that helps us to understand that the Tower of Babel not only existed, but was something much different than what we traditionally think of it today. The first thing to suggest this is where in the Bible the story of the Tower of Babel takes place. It is recorded in Genesis 11. Now the books of the Bible are not organized chronologically. And there certainly are authors who are writing decades if not centuries after events happened. But all the other events recorded in the first half of the book of Genesis seem to follow some sort of chronological order. Genesis begins with the story of creation, how God made everything there is. From there, we get the great flood of Noah, just a few chapters later. And a few chapters after that, the Tower of Babel. So for the sake of argument here, let's assume that the Tower of Babel is not misplaced. If that is the case, then the Tower of Babel would have nothing to do with Babylon. If the chronology of Genesis is correct, then the city of Babel couldn't be the more famous Babylon. But how do we know this? Babylon was founded around 2300 BC, but if the Tower of Babel does not refer to Babylon, what does it refer to? And when? When would the Tower of Babel have been built? There are several clues to the time of the construction of the Tower of Babel in the passage of the Bible. It says in verse 3 that the people said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. The archaeological record shows that fired brick technology was developed sometime around the end of the 5th millennium BC, or around 4000 BC. As we saw when we looked at the Ishtar Gate, fired bricks were used in all kinds of construction projects throughout Mesopotamian history. Wood and stone were simply not in abundance in that region, so the people had to get creative to find a way to build their structures. large or small. Now fired bricks by themselves are not enough to prove that the Tower of Babel wasn't in Babylon. But that's not the only clue. The second is the word tower. Growing up and hearing the story of the Tower of Babel, I assumed that it was some kind of skyscraper literally touching the clouds. Or something like a large cylindrical tower reaching up to the sky as the famous painting depicts. If you are unaware of this painting, go check out the website. I have a picture of it there. But the Hebrew word used for tower simply means a large structure. Tower is what simply has been translated into English from that Hebrew word. So almost immediately, the Tower of Babel is misrepresented. Instead of looking for a skyscraper we're merely looking for a large structure. And as we saw last time, ziggurats were the largest structures in ancient Mesopotamian cities. Ziggurats were also described as having their tops in the heavens in ancient Mesopotamian literature and inscriptions, just like the passage in Genesis describes. One example of this was made by King Warad-Sin. He was the king of the city-state of Larsa another major ancient Mesopotamian city. He described his own ziggurat like this, quote, He made it, his ziggurat, as high as a mountain and made its head touch heaven. On account of this deed, the gods Nana and Ningal rejoiced. Quote. Another piece of evidence that the Tower of Babel is not referring to Babylon is that the biblical authors mention that it was constructed after a migration of people from the east. Now who these people were, we have no idea. But there is evidence of a migration of people into southern Mesopotamia sometime during the beginning of the 4th millennium B.C. They also wanted to build a city, so that they would not be spread across the face of the earth. Urbanization into cities also began around this time, the 4th millennium B.C., So, if we combine all these facts together, we're looking for a building that was constructed sometime shortly after the invention of fired bricks, after a people migrated from the east into Mesopotamia, and after the beginnings of urbanization. All of this suggests that the Tower of Babel was constructed sometime during the mid to end fourth millennium BC. So, right away, Even just by looking at these few things, we can see that the Tower of Babel was more likely a ziggurat constructed in a city named Babel, and not a temple in the more famous city of Babylon. But that brings us to the next question. What and where was Babel? Interestingly enough, even though the great city of Babylon wasn't founded until 2300 BC, there are ancient texts and inscriptions which mentioned the name Babylon significantly earlier than this. This is because Babylon and the ancient great city of Eridu are often viewed as one and the same. There's not just one text that does this either. There are numerous ancient texts that equate the two great cities. One text calls the great city Eridu at the beginning and then changes it further on down the text and calls the same city Babylon. And in fact, the founders of Babylon claimed that their ancestors were the people of Eridu. Now why am I mentioning the city of Eridu? Why is it important for us here? Well, it just so happens that Eridu was a prominent city during the mid of the 4th millennium BC, and it also was located in southern Mesopotamia. So if we are looking for the Tower of Babel sometime during the 4th millennium BC, the Ziggurat of Eridu is the best candidate. But that leaves us with one final question. What happened to the Ziggurat of Eridu? And why is Eridu not a more prominent city throughout ancient times? I don't know how many of you had heard of the city of Eridu before this episode. I knew of it, but was totally unaware of how important it actually was. But the answer might be in Genesis 11. It says that God came down and confused their language, and they stopped building the city. This is another misconception that I had about the Tower of Babel. I had known the story for years, but always assumed that it was the tower that had remained incomplete. But this is not what the text says. It says that the people left off from building the city. It says nothing about the tower being completed or not. And it turns out, Eridu was abandoned several times throughout its life with one important abandonment happening towards the end of the 4th millennium B.C. And also as it turns out, this abandonment happened after a ziggurat was completed there. This ziggurat is referred to today as Temple One. After the ziggurat was completed, Eridu was abruptly abandoned, and Eridu would never be the same city. The 4th millennium B.C., was its height. The archaeological evidence suggests that Eridu was abandoned almost overnight and then was quickly filled with enormous drifts of sand. This accumulation of sand made the city almost impossible to be inhabited the way it had once been. One archaeological survey commented on the absence of things in the city, showing the scale of the abandonment. And this seems to be in line with what the Bible says happened. The Bible mentions nothing about the tower being incomplete, but rather that the city itself was abandoned. After Eridu was abandoned, the main religious, cultural, and economic centers shifted to other cities in the area, including Ur. Ur was not that far from Eridu. I have a map up on the website that shows actually how close the two ancient cities were. And as we mentioned last time, the city of Ur was founded around 4000 BC. So Ur was around during the entire fourth millennium. So it's highly possible that some of the people who lived in Eridu migrated to Ur after they abandoned the city. After the fall of Eridu, Ur would quickly become one of the more important cities in southern Mesopotamia, eventually becoming the capital of a great empire. And the Great Ziggurat which was built there at Ur could very well have been either a copy or at least been inspired by the previous Great Ziggurat at Eridu. Whether or not this is actually the case, we will probably never know for sure. Especially with ancient history, there are often a lot of pieces missing. We have evidence, whether textual or archeological, but rarely do we have the complete picture of what happened. So it's our job to make the most sense out of the facts and evidence that we have and tell the story of history where all the facts and evidence fit. We don't change our facts to fit our stories, but rather We adjust our stories to fit new facts. The study of history is not an exact science. But really, history is the study of people. And people never are an exact science. Whether or not the Tower of Babel was the great ziggurat of Eridu, I doubt we'll ever find any hard archaeological proof. Too much time and too much has happened in that region between now and then. For a find like that to happen is it possible yes is it likely no but all of the evidence that i have presented here today i hope offers some new insight and a new way of thinking about the ancient world and ancient mesopotamia in particular and how the great ziggurat of ur may have been inspired by one of the most infamous buildings of all time. I hope you enjoyed our journey down the rabbit hole today. Rabbit holes like these are cool and fun for me, and I hope it was fun for you too. If you want to learn more about the Tower of Babel and the city of Eridu, I highly recommend watching a video on YouTube called The Tower of Babel Biblical Archaeology. It's by a gentleman whose tag is inspiring philosophy. I put a link to it up on the website. It's not a super long video but he goes into substantially more detail about everything than I do here. In fact, it was his video that I used for a lot of my research for this episode. It also is a fascinating watch. This is when history is fun. When we learn something new, or explore the possibility of something that we had never considered before. This is why I took this rabbit hole. The whole purpose of this show is to learn something new. And I hope that we did that today. Now I had planned to go into the life and history of the Great Ziggurat of Ur here after our discussion of the Tower of Babel. But this episode ran a little longer than I thought. So we will have to postpone the history of the Great Ziggurat of Ur until next week. I know this episode is a little shorter than others' past. And next week's episode might be the same. But I didn't want to skip over anything or not give anything the attention I thought it deserved. So next week, we will look at the history of the Great Ziggurat of Ur. A history which is unique among the wonders of the ancient world. As a certain leader used it to try and derail attacks on his army by literally stationing his equipment right next to it.